Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Can I Be Funny? I'm JQ. We've got a great episode coming up this week. What have I got to tell you before we start? Uh, not a lot really. Uh, again, just write us a review on iTunes, that would be nice. Maybe give us a follow on Twitter. Uh, I keep getting up to nearly 100 followers and then suddenly loads of people stop following me. So I'm not quite sure what's going to happen when I reach 100. Maybe, maybe the world will end. I don't know. Let's find out. I'll be up for the Fringe this year for the first week. Um, so if you're around, then come and say hi. That'd be nice. And anything else? Nah, let's just get on with the episode. Right, this is the wonderful Ben Clover. Ben. Hi. Welcome to the show. Um, I'm honoured. I am. Really? Yeah, no, you have some great people on here. You're just walking past. I just dragged you in. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the old chloroform do my podcast thing. Yeah. You Victorian uh, dandy murderer, you. Where we are in the heart of Soho. Exactly, which is not where Victorian murderers famously hung out. It was the East End. You never That's heard the of the famous of... Soho murderer? Soho strangler. You missed the alliterative open goal. Anyway, there you um, go. I've been here two seconds. I'm already being a dickhead. <laughs> you've, uh, you've actually been here for an hour. So an you've hour. Been dickhead for an hour. Yeah, exactly. Dickhead for an hour. <laughs> Something That's it for this episode. <laughs> yeah, so thanks, guys. You've all been really nice. And so we've done a few gigs together. Yeah. And what I like about you is um, your style is quite slow. Because yeah. I just keep going on stage, talking about a million miles an hour, and then wonder why I've run out of time, and then I have to get off. But you're quite measured. Yeah, it doesn't but feel like it that. Doesn't it? No, the amount of times I've screwed myself up, kind of going, I've got to get through all this material. I've written yeah. loads of material. <laughs> It's very weak indeed, <laughs> and I must say all of it. Yeah, like I've learnt some like new spell, and if I and I have to say it, I'd be like one of the kids seeing. I've not seen any of the Harry Potter films. I tell her I've seen one of the Harry yeah. Potter films, but it's probably some kid who's like over ambitious in mm. it and tries to do too complicated of a spell, and instead of turning, you know, a a, a plant into a plant dude, he turns yeah. like a stone into like a paedophile stone <laughs> that walks around and abuses. Well, kids, I don't know, like, I feel like that often, so... When I say my spells, I manage to turn laughter into silence. <laughs> <laughs> I manage to turn expectation into disappointment, yeah. No, I think if, if it comes across as measured, it's only because I've learnt to maybe try, don't try and do as much stuff yeah. as you think, be a bit more in the moment. Yeah. Like, I've always been jealous of, like, the performery types... But by, by the time this thing is finished and I'm listening back to it, I'm going to count all the times I say like. Uh, <laughs> Unless or, I um, edit them out. Oh, wow. That would be some, that would be a labor of Sisyphus <laughs> because I'm going to go and put them back in with my <laughs> hacking. It's good. But yeah, I've always been really jealous of them, of them kind of like just naturally performer types mm. who can go on and just be completely in the room and in the moment. Um, whereas I just feel like, why would I be up here if I haven't written a load of stuff? I'm halfway between the two at the moment because I don't know if you get this, but for me it goes up and down in peaks. So you like you think I'm really good at this, I'm really enjoying this, and then you go down the other day and go, why am why am I doing this? Like the last gig we did together, I was, I'm just on the way down, just go, why? What am I talking about? Like that heckler that we had. Oh man, yeah, kind of. That's that's one of the things I really like about stand up, as opposed to any other mm. art form that I've tried or read about, <laughs> is you're never very far from a, like a deeply humbling experience. Yeah. Like, people are like, oh my God, I'm laying motherfuckers to rest up here. I mean, like two days later, you'd be like, well, that was, people were genuinely puzzled. You know, my, what he did, like my old rule of thumb used to be if people, if you speak to a, uh, someone afterwards, if they come up to you um, and they go, I think you're very brave in the first three sentences. Yeah. You were shit. Kind of like, if I didn't go, that was funny. That was funny. Yeah. You were funny. If I don't, if, if it's not like that, if I kind of go, oh, you're very brave. It's like, well, ah. Charlie Harrison has a nice line about this. It's yeah. like, she says, people say to female stand-ups, um, they treat you like a Burns victim. <laughs> They're kind of like, oh, I think what you did is very brave, especially for a woman or really? as a woman. Yeah. Jeez. Um, so, yeah. I've had that a few times as well. What? It's, <laughs> you're very brave for a lady to go around with all that stubble yeah. um, presenting as a man. I've been told I've got women's legs as well. So. Well, I didn't want to say it, but no. now, now you've now invoked you some other people yeah. saying it. Now I'm going to join in. The, yeah, kind of, not kind of womanly in a sort of 
I was still talking about my legs. Yeah, but. in a sort of thighs <laughs> way. But in a... Yeah. Yeah. In a... Yeah. You've not got the kind of a lady like childbearing hips. No, I left my wife to do that. Yeah, yeah. that's... I mean, gender roles, they're there for a reason, guys. <laughs> guys. Um, God. If you were going to have a kid um, yourself, which... Where would you have it come out of? <laughs> wow. This is dead to a whole different it's podcast, a whole different isn't it? Thing. <laughs> Cut Ladies it and gentlemen, welcome to Ben it's Clover not- <laughs> Asks Strange Questions. It's not a tumour. <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that. You've never seen it, but no. you know enough to... <laughs> I know enough to recognise the... Because yeah. uh, <laughs> he had that whole spate of... Um, a like kind of rebrand as a more family mm-hmm. entertainer. Um, no, they're remaking Kindergarten Cop. Really? Yep. Who? What is he going to be in it? In like yep. one of those ironic cameos? Is it going to be The Rock again? Is The Rock oh, just going to get to remake everything <laughs> that he's ever done? Um, True Lies is good though. Can't hope they don't remake that. Yeah, I like True Lies. That was it had some good director, didn't mm. it? And it had that um, Jamie Lee Curtis. And the last thing I can remember. Uh, her being in a in a big film. Mm. That's sort of, that's sort of the plot to Mr. and Mrs. Smith as well, which I haven't seen, but it's supposed to be entertaining, it's isn't it? Entertaining, it's all right. Yeah, they're yeah. like they're a married couple. So um, welcome to the movie digest, the other podcast. <laughs> I, <do. laughs> um, I should let you into something uh, here, listeners. Uh, James promised me a couple of uh, tea of like golden Fuck. scarlet, and now he um, he just plain. I did, didn't I? I was thinking to myself. It's fine. I don't. <laughs> and I'm back in the room. Oh, was it recording that whole time? Yeah. Oh, what no. were you saying? Oh, I, 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 I've made up a slightly racist opera that I'd sing uh, off the top of my head. Oh, man. I well, forgetting that tea brings me on to an important point. Oh, yeah. How do you remember your jokes? Um, I just try and. I just try and remember them, like <laughs> so. That's really unilluminating. Until like <clears throat> ages ago, some pro or someone who was bigger than me, anyway, um, I was writing them on my hand. Yeah, they went, "Oh, you're writing them on your hand." I went, "Yeah." It's like this isn't really a story that needs me acting out both <laughs> roles. He said, "That's why would you want to get into that habit? It's a bad habit." Um, so I've done. So I don't do that ever since. Like I kind of I write out the bullet points. Mm for like, all right, so there's this bit about this and this bit about this. And then off each bullet point, I'll do a little arrow with just each like line that I'd hope there's a laugh on. So it'd be like London and then like, fuck off is one line. (laughs) Uh, Big weekend day is another line. Yeah. Charity mug. So you kind of, so then you sort of remember. And I found like doing this, yeah, doing this like three and a half years now that it's made me better at remembering things more generally, ah. so like when I have to do work presentations <clears throat> and that kind of stuff, I can, yeah. I can remember it a lot more easily. I'm kind of, it's a, I, I didn't think I was learning any actual skill. Oh, that's good. Doing yeah. this, yeah. but actually, uh, but yeah, kind of memorizing short things roughly in order. Oh, okay. And it's not exact. You don't want it to be too exact. Nice. Because it's sort of like the way a river flows across the surface of a plane. <laughs> Gradually, these grooves settle down through the, the rock they cut yeah. away at, and as you say these things, a hundred times you figure out the best way to say them. Yeah. Uh, and that's how you sort of remember it exactly. I'm just going through a period of not remembering anything. It's really annoying me. Just oh, like man. Which bits are you forgetting? Most of it. <laughs> <laughs> like the concept. The, I can under, I remember the concept, like this bit I've got about hummus, which is great, but then I can't remember all the little details that I keep writing into it. Uh, like all the little jokes, you know, the tags and the throwaway stuff, which makes it funnier yeah generally just like the big laugh the big laugh the big laugh and not not the kind of the rich notes yeah you know you can think, well I'm getting my nice gulp of red wine here but what yeah. about the sensory high citrus notes exactly like a little throwaway <laughs> those little bon mots and turns of phrase we would go gosh the man's a poet exactly. even though he's presented like one of us <laughs> he is better than us I don't judge it. yeah <laughs> no it's difficult though isn't it kind of I find what I find is like you, you you keep at it mm. and like and the bits that sort of work as even throwaways just remain because you kind of you remember them yeah unless you're genuinely going they're kind of going so guys I'm, I'm waving my arms about now <laughs> <laughs> I'm talking about hummus and here are some other points that I'm kind of plucking out of the air and I have such a naturally fantabulous vocabulary <laughs> but it's all just flowing um, you know the stuff will 
Shit will stick to the wall mm. eventually. Hummus doesn't stick to the wall. Doesn't it? No. You've done experiments oh, in condiment viscosity. I've eaten so much hummus this week, I feel really bad. I feel like oh. a drug user. I used to be on the weekends and now it's every yeah. other day now. Yeah, you've got to realise you've got a problem when it's... We've got, we got three kinds of hummus in the fridge at the moment. And it's all Ooh, right. fancy yeah. pants. Well, so yeah, so it's a bit of a flashpoint in my household because my girlfriend <laughs> makes it out of chickpeas. Ah. And I'll forget that she's made it. And she'll go, and so I'll buy some. And she'll yeah. be like, oh... I see you, uh, you don't like my hummus. It's like, no, babe, it's not what I don't like. I call her babe. I'm working up to calling her babes because I want us to go down in social mobility. Anyway, um, yeah, and it's not why I don't like her hummus, although I don't like her hummus. Um, no, I do. I love you, Ruthie. Um, but she's now moved on to buying it. So we've got like some Harissa stuff, which is really violent and some sort of like... Violent hummus? Yeah, oh my God, it's it's... It's feisty. It's like it's up from sassy. It's feisty <laughs> on your tongue. Yeah. Um, and stuff that's like half guacamole, half hummus in a kind of experiment that shouldn't really live. A kind a of fusion between, yeah, between Turkey and Mexico kind of meeting in the middle. Like, they, I don't think they ever really account, encountered each other historically, Turkey and Mexico. But, no. but they've met culinary. Because <laughs> the, big, the big rivalry of Turkey has always been with Greece. And like hummus really smacks the shit out of tzatziki, doesn't it? Kind of, of like, course, yeah. kind of. There's no competition. No. Like Turkey has nailed that one. However, hummus. Ah, uh, sorry. Uh, was what halloumi? Halloumi smacks the shit out of any Turkish cheese. Turks are a proud nation, but you have to admit that Turks, you've got no cheese that matches up to halloumi. <laughs> Neither's anyone else. Even France, with their kind of proud roster of immense cheeses, <laughs> has nothing that compares to halloumi. It's just like. Oh, if like if my arm was made of halloumi, I'd eat my arm, and then my other arm. If I was made of halloumi, I'd I'd be a dead, like stump. I'd be a gnawing, hungry stump. I'm just thinking of myself in the future, listening back to this, thinking, how much am I going to cut out? <laughs> About ninety percent, as we try. See, I didn't ask before. Is there some kind of points with podcasts? Is it we discuss comedy, or is it a we? Should well, the, I, the I'll premise that? is. It's got a premise. The premise that I try and fail every time to do is moving from open mic to better stuff. That's kind of what I was aiming for uh-huh. most of the time. Never works. Just enjoy the conversation. Um, oh, wow. Moving from open mic to better stuff. I don't know. Start, um, Gig more. Do loads of gigs. Yep. I mean, like, I'm not a particular authority. <laughs> <laughs> no one is. <laughs> kind of, um, yeah, we were talking before we started recording about competitions. I guess just do, oh, yeah. do, do, do all of them. Do, do everything. Yeah, just, just do all of them. It's just another gig. And then occasionally someone is there who can give you a nicer gig. Yes. You know, with that, you know it's, why, why wouldn't you do that? Mm. Why wouldn't you do that the whole time? I can see why, kind of. You might go like, oh, I'm too invested in it. But I think if you do them enough, then you will you get less you get less invested. Like, I don't want to say that I don't care about any of the competitions I'm in at the moment. But, but I don't really, you know. Kind of, it would be nice, yeah, but, and you know, it would help and stuff. But, but you know, it sort of, it sort of feels like I've been in the Golden Jester competition for like for a thousand years now. Kind of, and I think that's because it's quite spaced out. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure like if I'm it. even in that or applied for it. I don't you know. Prob- you probably are. I think they def- you uh, you have to opt out of the Golden Jester. Com- <laughs> yeah. it's sort of, it's uh, your like first gig you ever do, you're opted in, in straight away. In Scandinavia. You know, they assume you're gonna unless you say you're not. Um, no, I quite like that one. Uh, yeah, I just have an affection for it because it's got like the creepiest... All of the competitions have got really super creepy backdrops oh like the yeah. golden just one is this terrifying <laughs> kind of golden clown statue <laughs> fantastically sinister gesture jester thing your moose moose is this kind of bloodshot terrifying mm. moose that is a bit kinda, weird isn't it? well yeah just need one more <laughs> horrifying animal like you know embalmed tapeworm comedy or something <laughs> Um, yeah, he get he really gets inside you. That's <laughs> the tagline. Off you. Yeah, like this this is the writer newspaper writer coming out of you now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. I kind of I didn't I never got to do the headlines like it's the sub editors that do the headlines. Oh, okay. So kind of sometimes you write a story. This is what my show's about. Plug, yeah, plug plug plug, plug plug plug. No, there'll be um, plenty of plugs. Don't worry. <laughs> <laughs> um, is you kind of you write a story. And it's the sub-editors who put the, the actual headline. So is that all they do? No, they sort of... Um, 
they do everything apart right. from the reporting and the photographer advising. That's well put, Clover. Well done, Wordsmith. Yeah. Kind of, they do everything apart from that. Like you kind of, when you're editor or or like news editor, you decide what's going on each page, and you say to sub editors, put this story about the school burning down, this story about the fun run, yeah, and this story about uh, the sheepdog that thought it was a person and got into school and did quite well before anyone realised put all those stories and the picture of the tapeworm on this page yeah. and then they'll like lay it all out make it look all nice change all the spelling mistakes like make the stories better because right. journalists have written them in a hurry and are often like illiterate <laughs> or stupid and they'll have missed like the biggest line um, and then yeah they'll lay all that out and they'll do the headline so like and often they'll if they don't like the story, they'll often like show that in the headline. Really? Yeah. So like sometimes with like Fleet Street columnists, yeah, um, it'll be like some restaurant reviewer or something, uh, and the restaurant reviewer will be slagging off a restaurant and saying it's like dull and lackluster. And if a sub editor hates the reviewer, it'll just take that quote and put dull and lackluster and the guy's name underneath <laughs> as a kind of subtle. We hate this prick kind nice. of thing. Because the more starry you are as a writer, like the more precious you are about having your stuff changed at all. Okay. Um, yeah, who would have thought egos are, <laughs> uh, in the media? But no, I wrote a story once about this. Uh, this is in the show. Well, that's actually not in the show. I'm going to take it out of the show. I'm not going to share it with the listeners. <laughs> no, it's just like, like a good example of that is I've got loads of a credit, which I shouldn't have got. And I don't know how you deal with um, when people give you credit for something you didn't do, how, how honest you are about kind of going, actually, that wasn't me. Um, I but, never say. <laughs> yeah, no. It's something people go when you inadvertently say something funny, and people go, "Ha, ah, well, that's brilliant." And you go, "Yes, it was. Mm. It wasn't pure." I've got a credit for editing a Richard Herring. Oh, really? TV episode. Fucking me. Oh, nice one. Keep it. Oh, yeah. well, it's on IMDb forever now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, keep it. Um, but yeah, I I wrote a story about ones of prison, which is like on our patch in the South London press. Yeah. Um, I didn't know this about prisons, but they segregate all the sex offenders because okay. all the other prisoners would murder them. Yep. Um, because they're like, well, I'm a villain, but I'm not like a bloody... I'm a good guy, oh, really. Oh, they were. Um, I'm not like these bloody <laughs> sex offenders. Um, I like the way you're moving your arms there. Yeah, I'm doing, I'm doing a cockney Imagine he's on a moped that's out of control. <laughs> <laughs> just about to crash and die horribly. Um, yeah, and I want to say, I'm not pro-sex offender, I should be clear. <laughs> I looked right down the mic when I said that, as if to emphasise it to you guys at home. Um, at home, wherever you're listening to this. I only listen to podcasts on the treadmill. I've had oh. to start doing exercise in a gym just to listen to podcasts. <laughs> anyway, right. <laughs> so they segregate the sex offenders from the other offenders in prison. Yeah. Right. And they... all the re- I've got a story. All the rest of the prisoners had gone on hunger strike because they were letting the sex offenders prepare the food for the rest of the prison. Right. They're like, no, we're not eating it. It's kind of... No, we're not eating it's it. It's nonsense. Yeah, it's kind of... Nah. It's like, I'm sure they've washed their hands or whatever, <laughs> kind of, or we're going to try and poison you, or I don't know. Yeah. I don't really understand the thinking behind it. But yeah, so that was a hunger strike. Um, I bet. And like the sub-editors, and like sometimes they're real miracles of concision. Yeah. Like the sub-editors <clears throat> managed to get tell the whole story in an intriguing way <laughs> in in 13 characters. And the, head, <laughs> and the headline was Pedo Grub Snub. <laughs> Which is like, right. he, he had hardly any room to work with on the page because yeah. of the pitch and all of that. Um, we got the menu and everything. Uh, and it was just, it's like, it tells the story, but it's also intriguing. Like, yeah. is this one pedo who's like snubbing yeah. the grub? Or is it loads of pedos? Is it grub that turns you <laughs> into a pedo? Is it a pedo at a kind of larval stage before it, you know, it raises loads of questions. It's a real, a real art. Nice. Uh, the sub-editing art. I don't know how we got onto that. Um credit for things you didn't do yes I had a good one credit for something I didn't do the other day and now I've forgotten it so there you go a sort of justice (laughs) jeez Um, Um, let's move back to comedy comedy yeah MCing you've done quite a lot of MC work yeah how did you get into that Um, some people don't want to do it and some people do you don't want to do it no I do oh you do want to do it just haven't had any I've done it a couple of times the benefit of my immense wisdom uh, <laughs> over all these months is you should do it. It's loads of yeah. it's loads of fun. Um, it's a little bit stressful, mm. but it's way more fun than it is stressful. Um, 
it's it's I think it's just really good for you just get loads of stage time yeah like Frankie Boyle said it in his book like he did loads of comparing just because it's loads of stage time yeah. and you can like you get more of your we were talking earlier about like getting all of your material out getting to do all the material that you want to do yeah and like dropped up into dropped chopped up into little bits before each act like don't take the piss don't do like six minutes between each act people will hate you but I've like I've seen that happen oh my god it's the worst thing in the world but like yeah it's no hyperbole uh, <laughs> I used to think that was pronounced hyperbole anyway you, you can do like a joke yeah. or a little bit in between each act that's not and you know as long as you bring the mood back up if it's failed beforehand it's a really nice way to get to try also you get to like give stage time to acts that you like um, just yeah emceeing you spend those time on stage you sort of get to know what your stage voice is yeah. if that's not a horribly pretentious way <laughs> of saying like stage stage voice stage voice <laughs> so like, did you ever find yourself saying something pretentious or about to use a pretentious term like oh it's a lovely space you have here and you have to do it in a sort of lovey voice to show that you know <laughs> this that it's is a lovey-ish thing today <laughs> yep. it's like oh it's a lovely space you have here it's lovely <laughs> anyway um, yeah no I'm saying it's it's the best and like it makes you much happier I think doing crowd work ah, and okay. audiences are happier when they know that you're someone who can do crowd work right like um, I like doing crowd work I like talking to the crowd some uh, people hate it ah uh, just I don't <clears throat> there are some I'm trying to think of the best person I can think of who doesn't like doing crowd work I mean I can see great you've got well everyone if you're a pro and everything you've mm. got beautifully wrought bits yeah. and it's all and you just want to say it and you don't want people and I'm not saying I'm pro heckler but like I think I can only think of one guy I think who's who's really good who is still uncomfortable with doing some crowd work with kind of like not that you should go out and do it um, you know or you, or you have to or yeah. it's in some way better but I think all the people who are really good like to do it a bit like why wouldn't you like I was listening to that Daro Brin podcast this yeah. and like he's an acknowledged master of it and it really brings a kind of energy to the room and it's one of the challenges about comparing is like um you're supposed to do a load of audience interaction you're supposed to get to know the crowd yeah but that might not be what your act is going to do so you've got to sort of settle them back down to kind of like hey no expect material now and sort of so really if you're doing doing the job well you should be a bunch of crowd work get everyone hyped up and enjoying the thing but some like prepared yeah I think probably your mic picked up the burp there I tried to suppress it <laughs> and, as and best you I could. highlighting it has probably <laughs> made it even better <laughs> I can't self-edit when I know there's an editing facility I which won't edit myself I kind of often miss my father anyway um yeah and then you should do some material to kind of settle people into right, it. okay. there's going to be material but so yeah, you're do doing it. that consciously because you know who's on next and you know what they're like yeah I mean you should yeah, you've got to give them a good okay. a good running, but you can have loads of loads of fun with it. Kind of, yeah. you know, when some of my very favourite people are just immense at it. Like, do you know Tig Notaro? I mean, I said no, I don't know. I just saw her a couple of times. Um, Tig Notaro, do you know her? Anyone else hasn't seen Tig Notaro? You you must go. I've and never see even it. heard the name. Oh, you must go and see <laughs> Tig Notaro. No, she she's astonishingly great and kind of. Um, first time I saw her in Edinburgh, it was like an hour of crowd work that was just. But it was like transcendent. It was so much better than the average kind of where are you from? There's nothing wrong with like where are you from and what do you do? But, yeah. but if you can be a little bit more imaginative with it, um, then it really yields quite big dividends. Yeah. And when they do the sort of, I always think it's, you see like Ross Noble do this as well, when you actually can get different bits of the room yes. kind of singing almost like like you're conducting them like in some kind of choir yeah. I very rarely manage to do this but like the really good people that's when it really becomes a thing all of its own you know a kind of a magic like the audience or a magic instrument <laughs> that you're playing like a fucking naked Stradivarius <laughs> Stradivarius didn't even play the violin that's the worst metaphor simile ever and I don't know he probably didn't he probably <laughs> just made them um, yeah yeah, no, you should do comparing. You should, and also, fucking everyone should have to do some comparing. You should, should run a night for a little bit. Mm. Or at least pay into a big fund to everyone who does run a night. Yes. As part of saying, thanks for running the night <laughs> that we all come and do. Use and abuse. Everyone. You should bake us all a massive... <laughs> 
cake or something. <laughs> I did um, bring a cake to my um, one year anniversary gig. Oh, yeah, that's good. That's do you nice. what? Do you give it to the audience or to the promoter, or just eat it all yourself in front of a crowd? Like this cake's all for me. I said it's up the back, and then Jenny Collier ate most of it. Did she? Yeah, she is a hog, isn't she? Oh she my god! A... <laughs> <laughs> I probably don't know her well enough to to joke around like that. Well, she's um, been in this room. Ah, uh, uh, well, I still don't feel I know her well enough <laughs> to joke around like I reckon I do. Um, she owes me a favour for saying, can you record me at some gig? Ah, yes. But it was a camera dish, so we didn't know when she was going to be on. So just before they announced each act, Pretty she cool. had to give me her phone, then I had to give it back. Yeah. And it got really surreal <laughs> after like the 12th time <laughs> she'd handed me a phone and I'd given it yeah. back. It was, yeah, it was like some ceremony. <laughs> and then just for fun, I just the didn't record her. When she went on, she didn't record her. A lot of fun. A lot of fun to do. God, I haven't been to the cabinet for ages. No, I haven't. I still love it though. Yeah. I still, I'm. I don't even know who's doing this. Like Tez and Harriet, and is Paul Langton still doing it? Paul still does. I don't think Harriet does it anymore. Does she not? No, oh, I think I um, Brendan took over. Ah, oh, Brendan. How's your tea? It's the the tea is delightful. Kind of. I didn't realise this was still recording. Uh, when James <laughs> went to get it, but when I point out I didn't have a tea, he leapt out of his seat as if I pointed out. Like his files were on fire. Like, oh my god, it's the worst. Such a bad host. I didn't even really want to. He kind of <laughs> was pretty pushy about it. If I'm oh, honest. I feel like such an idiot. Now. <laughs> <laughs> right, um, let's move on to Edinburgh. Edinburgh, yeah, yeah. yeah I yeah. saw your show last year with Nick. Oh yeah, he came on up bus. on the bus. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's been on this podcast as well. Has he? Yeah. Was he on his own or on the podcast? Yeah, yeah. Oh, it's just well, I was here too. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, Nick, I'm going to pop out. Yeah, just You're just talking your to thoughts. this on your own. <laughs> I might try that one day. <laughs> yeah, solitary confinement. <laughs> Organised by Mr. JQ. All um, oh, right. And he kind of, he managed to keep conversation going, just a pair of you. He's, um, he's famously a stoic kind of guy who will hardly say anything. He's like, I imagine that'd be like having an Easter Island head. Um, he was bemoaning uh, websites as far as I remember and then probably um, got himself one. Did he? Yeah. I wonder what Nick's website is like. I've, yeah, I've managed to, I found, I was going through my last year's diary Yeah. this morning trying to find um, like gigs that maybe I'd forgotten that I'd done. Yes, yeah. And I should go back to or email him about and I found a note last February kind of going, sort out website. Like I sorted out the website about a month ago. It's just, I just couldn't be bothered. Yeah. But it's such a pain in the ass, isn't it? Yeah. Does it make any difference? And then it's just another little slightly disappointing mailbox you can look at. You can like, has anyone looked at my site? No. Um, I haven't got a counter on mine. Oh, It'd be yeah. just too depressing. Well, it's kind of like I didn't pay for the upgrade from Weebly, so I've just got like the uh, the one that kind of goes. Why was there a sudden spike from zero to twelve this yeah. one day? Kind of, um, and I don't want to know where they're from because it's just going to make it very clear that it's some kind of Ukrainian spam farmer yeah. who's got his and quota. There's a, few, a couple of, of people in America listen listen to this. Really? Yeah. Hello it's, to you. Yeah, hi America. I'm a big fan of your drone work. You murder. It's us. We do drones as well. Sorry. I'm gonna when people criticise America for like foreign policy stuff, because like we just we're like the Britain's like the equivalent of you remember the older guy from Cocktail who's like stick with me, kid. I'll yeah. show you how it's done. That's who Britain is compared to America's um, Tom Cruise and Cocktail. There's a metaphor. Very few people. Yeah. I keep saying metaphors and it's actually similes. Anyway, um, yeah, Edinburgh. Yeah, you came and saw me and Nick on the yes, bus. I kind of, I enjoyed the bus. Yeah. Kind of, some people really hated it. Um, I mean, not our show on the bus, although I'm sure someone <laughs> did. But, uh, you just heard what that people saying next to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I kind of, it was harder on Nick because he's taller than me. Yeah. But I thought, if nothing else, at the beginning of the run, like, experience of talking to loads of drunks. Yeah. For half an hour on a bus is going to give me valuable tramp skills. What time was it on? Yeah, nothing else. I think like half ten. Was it after the music started going? Yeah, but it wasn't too bad. No, I don't remember it getting in the way. No, it wasn't as bad as something. It was pretty bad in a year. But Yes, um, yeah. But now I found it, I found it was fine. Yeah, it was great. Right? Um, I mean, it was weird. Like It was hard to keep the back of the bus 
always on side. Yeah, well, I was so, staring out the window half the time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and those are frosted windows. Yeah. Very, uh, it was chose, hard work, but I managed it. shows blankness <laughs> than uh, your face. No, I sort of like trot down to the middle sometimes yeah. for a bit of like stagey crowd work. Yeah. Um, I found just like those late night gigs, because after that I went and did another gig in the gothic room. Yes. I had to shoot straight off and go and do that. Um, and that was I started like quarter past eleven. That was even harder <laughs> because there the music was really loud ah. and like you just the, the the stuff to block it out didn't block it out at all. Amazing. So it was just awful. Like you were in there and the mic was really loud. Yeah. And it was a big room. You could get like eighty people in there, but they were pretty disinterested people. And like because you could hear the Venga boys really loud, <laughs> um, you could like get a laugh, but you sort of didn't bank it yeah you know, it didn't it wouldn't help create the atmosphere of the room in any way so it was just it was it wasn't murder but you had to do really it's manslaughter <laughs> <laughs> you had to do really fast crowd work the whole time and you had to be much more kind of like yeah to trust to try and keep people Does that engaged. really suits your personality oh yeah that's what i'm all about um but like, I discovered this masochistic streak in myself from it because like towards the end of the run, when you're just knackered and you think, you people don't care, <laughs> I don't care. Um, and it's like, I tell you what I'm going to do, guys, because this is just a bit difficult. Um, I'm going to sing I Will Always Love You by Whitney Houston. Um, and the first person who can hit me with a thrown shoe wins a prize. <laughs> People think you're joking at first, but you start singing it, the first shoe comes in. I've got a pretty good reaction, so I like ducked out in the way. And then people are like, oh, he's serious. I've okay. got a pretty good collection of shoes Yeah, and people start throwing the shoes. I mean, kind of like, some get really into it, throwing both shoes. <laughs> um, there was the first time I did it, there was these like six students down the front. Yeah. They all threw all of their shoes. Amazing. And the next day they came back with like, double the number of people <laughs> and a bag of shoes that are kind of and they they really dug it and people got really into it like but the time I thought I've got to stop this yeah. is um, just this big it's a big room um, this big biker's boot just like parted Ooh. my head it's like if that hit me in the face I'd have gone down you know and I might literally have died um, but yeah kind of it meant so that meant like the second half of my set was giving people back their shoes, <laughs> which led to another kind of unexpected thing, which is like, because I slightly resented them for throwing their shoes at me, yeah. even though I'd asked them to, um, I found myself being really catty, kind of going, well, this is, this is such a boring <laughs> shoe. It could only be someone who's got that kind of depraved, like, you know, kind of banality to the point of depravity yeah. kind of thing. Um, and so I don't normally have a kind of Gokwan-esque catty shoe bit to my act yeah. but, um, but <laughs> it was kind do. of fun yeah because I was thinking like because my sister runs this um, charity for orphans in Rwanda and they have real trouble getting shoes out there and I thought maybe what I could do this Edinburgh is have a late night shoe throw show mm. where I wear a helmet and the acts come on they do their act and people throw shoes at them but all the shoes we keep because so everyone's got old pairs of shoes in their yeah. house right you just throw them at the axe you have a fun time throwing them at the axe the axe have a fun time trying to do that act and dodge the shoes okay and then a load of orphans around to get a load of shoes nice you know I thought that'd be fun but I didn't get round to it so <laughs> sorry orphans <laughs> there's a guy in Africa any listening orphans to this, listening to this I can only I can only <laughs> apologise um, there's only so much entrepreneurial verve I can deploy at anyone <laughs> any one time how's um, this year's show coming along alright I yeah. think kind of who are you doing it with it's just me on my own this time. yeah yeah it's weird it's kind of are you doing the it... full hour or the coward's hour the cow tower the coward's hour oh I'm doing the coward's hour um, I, was... <laughs> <laughs> I like that it's called the coward's hour I didn't I've not heard anyone else call that no. I love that I thought you said the cow tower as well <laughs> what would the cow tower be that's, that's a PBH venue I think oh uh, well, I don't know or, or is it like a pub named after a particularly subservient <laughs> Chinese civil servant I think that's where the cow tower comes from doesn't it it's, it's a form of bowing in the mm. in the orient um, or like a really boring prequel to Lord of the Rings, like the cow tower. Anyway, um, yeah, no, it's sort of, yeah, because I'm not ready to be considered by the committee. Although, who am I kidding? Like, you know, I'm not getting any younger. Um, 
But no, I initially applied for that for my own show and to like split an hour yeah. with someone because my own show is just all about the time I spent on local papers. Mm. So it's sort it's got literally none of my act in it ah. at all. It's all it's all like um slides and stories oh. and things that happened multimedia yeah a little bit multimedia in the way like people with multimedia eight years ago <laughs> or whenever like the powerpoint craze was in Carter um, 95 <laughs> <laughs> it's a real generational thing people who remember in Carter and people who don't um that was the internet on a CD, wasn't it? Oh my it? God, the whole internet on a CD. It was a real sign at my school if you were middle class or not. It was kind of like, yeah, oh, we've got Encarta. I remember the one computer that had a CD drive. Oh my God, yeah. See, this is one of the things about local papers. When I started on the Southland Press in 2004, we had one computer with the internet on it and two fax machines. In 2004? Yeah, that's that's how Jeez. ready for the future wow. the local paper industry was then. So I spent like six years on local papers and just lots of really weird things yeah. happened. So, so you asked how it's going. It's kind of, I've done about two previews, which yeah. compared to everyone else, I think seems not very many, <laughs> but I like, these are largely stories I've told people, I've told like friends in pubs yeah. for ages, like, and then I was chased by a naked BNP man, like for years anyway. So He chased you for years, jeez. Yeah, he was really determined. <laughs> I thought he would have got cold. I was like, it's summer, it's chasing season, he's going to be back. I've often had th- thoughts about that. It's like, what if there was a spider in Africa somewhere and it just hated you? And you knew, and you got an email kind of going, there's a spider out there and he's in yep. Africa, but he wants to kill you. And it made me it make me really scared of imported food. I think kind of just knowing that he was going to make his way. Any he might take it, He might never make it. He might get crushed on the way. A bird might eat him, or but he might make it. Just knowing that you're he's just on a boat somewhere. He's, and he's just spinning. Boat. He's throwing webs at a picture of your face yeah, on the wall. He's only got one thought in his little <laughs> mind, you know. And he will. And then, what if he gets you? What does he do with the rest of his life? I don't give a shit. I just hope he fails. Kind of, I'm sure he's not out there. But like, I don't even know. How I got onto that. Anyway, um, there's another sketch written. There's another sketch. Another, does anyone need any so-so <laughs> sketches without any real punchline? They're not really. so-so. They're just so. <laughs> that is so so so. Um, uh, did anyone? Just, I didn't know anything about football. You don't know anything about football. Nope. But I, for some reason, the footballer Graham Lasso came into my mind, and probably we were talking about headlines earlier. Yeah. If he ever let down the England side in 1996, or whenever he's playing, if anyone ever went Graham Lasso, so yeah, and you spell the second so like his name S A U X. Who who knows? I don't know. That's got to be. A don't dumb. look at me like I know. <laughs> be a joke no one knows. People who like in Carter jokes, they know. Um, but yeah, kind of. But you're not going this week. Well, you're going to do some spots. Yeah, just do some spots. I'm not yeah. good enough to do a show yet. Jesus. Blah. Oh. You know, come up with some I kind of concept. I can barely do five minutes without mucking it up. Um, if if I get another spot, what me and Shake Shaft might do um, is... Another fan of the podcast? Yeah, yeah. No, I saw yeah. I saw yeah. his picture on the thing. Or yeah. I thought maybe... Didn't listen to it. just saw the picture. Yeah, well... <laughs> You know, I find James pretty annoying. So. <laughs> like so, most other Jameses. <laughs> yeah, I thought maybe it's a, a gym-themed show you had. Um, no, uh, we were thinking, it's a night we've tried once in London, but we like the concept, and I've spent 100 quid on signs now. Wow, So we okay. are going to do it again. It's called, like, the London Brag Club. <laughs> okay. And the theory is we'll have, like, three acts on who'll do, like... 10 minutes of boasting or boasting themed okay. material right. and then they're a panel that judges audience boasts ah. and I thought hopefully it'll become like a thing where people have heard of it and you go and people can get up and just boast about whatever they want because I think like as a nation that's a great sh- idea we're shit at boasting but people still want to boast so people have to try and do it in quite a subtle way it's kind of like I've got loads of stuff that I don't boast about yeah, but people people still want an outlet for yeah. it. So people will say stuff like, like the humble brag is an American term, but it's a very British thing. It's kind of like, oh yeah, got a bit uh, got a bit suntanned because I was in Hawaii. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like, oh, oh it's like um, again another Charlie Harrison joke about. Um, so you want to tell people you've been on holiday somewhere fancy. It's like I've had uh, free abortions in Monaco. It's like, Ooh, someone, someone's been to Monaco, um, and. 
Yeah, um, yeah, and you could have, a, and then the comics would be a sort of panel, and they can ask questions of the people who've done the brags. Ah, and then, so if they're true. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. No. Like, yeah. I, I think maybe people. So I think you'll get different kinds of people. I think mm. you'll get. So I told Chris Betts this idea, and he kind of went, "You do that in Canada or North America more generally, and you'll get so many dicks." It was like I think like coming and doing genuine bragging. <laughs> Because there's less of a cultural... Yeah. I think it's a, a hang-up from the class system. Yeah, where people yeah. are more bashful about bragging here. Like In the same way, like, if, you, if I see someone in a really fancy car, it's like, thinks he's better than me, does he, the <laughs> bastard? Whereas in America, I think it's a bit different. But anyway, um, yeah, uh, you might get some people who want to do genuine boasting, and that'd be fun, because you can take the piss out of them a little yep. bit. Um, you'll get some people who are going to say something genuinely sweet, and that'll be sweet, <laughs> but you can take the piss out of them a little bit. And then you get other people who, and this is what happened the first time we did it, who just do really shit <laughs> boasting. Kind of. First time we did it, we had like three people stand up. Two of them told stories about other people doing karaoke. <laughs> like that, that, you can boast about anything Amazing. you want. This is a free forum for you to boast about anything you want. You know who would be the best at that show? Who? Kim Jong-un. <laughs> so I've cured AIDS. <laughs> Well, yeah, <laughs> I was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if we're, There's another if we're going there. into fantasy, yeah, kind of like, who's the best person you've had on your podcast? <laughs> Puff the Magic Dragon. <laughs> oh, all right. Okay, so we're not being serious at this point. I thought you were going to suggest someone. Lava lamps really look like sperm, don't they? They um, do. Do you think. If yours look like that, then. Uh, they're fucking again, another massive, visual reference to the huge. Um, I was disagreeing with my girlfriend about this the other day. I think apostrophes, they look a bit like sperm. They do. Uh, right. There you go. Maybe it's a lady thing. Because my girlfriend, she was like, no, nah, they don't. And then I pulled up a picture of them and, and she was right. They do have like a longer tail than head. Mm. But I still think they look enough like sperm that, yeah. that it's kind of a weird thing. Like, what? we need a new bit of punctuation, but it's not a full stop, but just indicates a little pause. Draw a sperm. It's just a weird, <laughs> it's a weird thing to do. I believe, although I'm not... Entirely sure that the punctuation mark was invented after the discovery of what sperm looked like. Really? So that would make sense then for my theory. Yeah. Well, there you go. We've learned something. Well, yeah. Well, I've learned something. You knew it and you said it unless you made it up like the Kim Jong-un thing. No, you didn't make that. You, that, was, that was a hypothesis. It's a hypothesis. Fair enough. Um, it's like a big slurp. Your crimson glory. Crimson. <laughs> it's... Is it all right? It's nice. It's nice. It's just the name is like a horrible specialist porn film. <laughs> um, I brought up the sperm, by the way, dear listeners, because there is a a lava lamp in the corner. I wonder how many people. It looks have been... like it's giving us the finger right now, doesn't it? It does. A sort of. It's like a sexy robot lady's finger, kind of with a talon at the end. So yeah, I wouldn't mess with. Uh, it's slightly hypnotic, isn't it? It is. I think they're supposed to be. Yeah, we've been sitting there for eight years, just really, yeah, just doing its own, just doing its thing. <laughs> it's mesmerising me every now and again. It's got a work ethic that, <laughs> that is really quite admirable. Like I've not persevered at anything for that long. The lava lamp just just turns up to keeps work, keeps on going, does its bloody job. <laughs> um, how do you think they invented that? It's like some kind of industrial byproduct of something. It must, they're all all these things are accidents, aren't they? Like Guinness. Yeah. Some industrial byproduct of blue tack. <clears throat> blue tack is like that's kind of a tooth fairy is made of blue tack. Like kind it's of an alcohol-based fact for you. Oh, yeah? All of the Malibu in the whole world is made in Harlow, where I live, until the factory closed and they turned it into a Sainsbury's. No, so all of it, so they don't make Malibu anymore. And then probably make it somewhere else. Oh, right. Oh, fair enough. That's that is one heck of a fact. It kinda, is. Because, yeah, and now it makes perfect sense. If, I, <laughs> if you're going to go, like, where do you think Malibu was made? I'll give you a clue. It's in Essex. I'll be like, yeah, Har- Harlow. I reckon, yeah, yeah. Or with, like, which county? It's definitely Essex. <laughs> kind of cod exotic. Yeah. You know, kind of that white bottle that kind of goes. Never even drunk it. <sighs> I probably have. <laughs> you know, at that stage where you're like, what? There's got to be something in this cupboard. <laughs> Like, yeah, who would give you Malibu? It's a real... Why is this milk in here? Right, said it. American <laughs> milk? Yeah, all right. Let's have some of that. It's the kind of thing I can imagine throwing out of the side <laughs> of my convertible just before I crash my sports car <laughs> into a palm tree in in Miami or something like that. The nearest I've got to that is a friend of mine threw a Nuki Brown bottle out the side of my Mini on the way to a club. <laughs> Then he puked all over the side of it on the way home. Oh, my God. It sounds oh. like a classy 
Sham. Oh. What does he do, this friend? He works in threshers. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's weird, isn't it? Like, man, threshers. Because a thresher is a thing, isn't it? It's like a... Is it? Yeah, it's some agricultural thing, isn't it? They have like a threshing machine. Well, a threshing machine. machine. What's, that got? Uh, what's that got to do with wine, though? Is it, I, don't think it's got, I don't think it's got anything to do with alcohol. Yeah. So it would be like, I don't know, it'd be like calling your China chain of off-licenses IT support. <laughs> and it's got like nothing to do with alcohol at all. They're like the most depressing off-license names I've ever seen. There's one in um, Hither Green near where I'm from. And it's just it's called corkscrew, but the but the first the C is spelt with a K, so right. really like something about the hardness of that K at the beginning really makes it mm. kind of aggressive. Yeah, and it's one of those shops where you think you've got so little stock here, <laughs> and it's so old that you you're very clearly a front for drugs, <laughs> kind of, and like it's where they're kind of surprised that you buy something. It's like mm. you're really gonna buy something. And you have to be really careful not to make any kind of small talk that might imply you want to buy something. By and the accident. other one, there's a brilliant one in North Kensington, uh, off-license called Hair of a Dog. <laughs> Which is like, hey, you remember the very worst thing about alcoholism? You know, kind Here of it like, is. Yeah, kind of, hey, so you're hungover. We cater especially for you, you idiot. Um, man, off-licenses. You ever work in an off-license? Or a mm, pub? No, the nearest I got was a co-op. Yeah, I guess that sells. I think everyone should work in a pub at some point. Everyone should do some sort of service industry Just job. It gives you a bit more empathy, yeah. I think. You know, I think two of those people. It's good for material as well, because there's a guy, a shifty guy that used to come in quite a lot. Like this older guy with a, a shirt and jacket on. It's always a bit like, what? He kept going in for months. I thought he was a bit of a geezer. And then on, the, on his credit card, his name was Mr. Crook. Oh! <laughs> okay. <laughs> Is that a real name? <laughs> Is he from Happy Families or something? <laughs> Mrs. Crook, the Crook's wife. Wow. Occasionally we used to get the former page three girl. Uh, Stunner. Mer- oh, I can't remember her name. 80s page three girl. Sam Fox? No, not as famous as the big ones. Linda Lusardi? No, go one down. Maria Whitaker. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, it's just, that was just on the tip of my consciousness. <laughs> but yeah, 80s page three girls. Yeah. Kind of, do you think, I mean, because they say page three stunner, yeah. you kind of think, really, the only person who's a stunner is if you work in an abattoir or you're an anaesthetist. <laughs> I was thinking it'd be really nice if page, if any page three girls had gone on to become an anaesthetist, but I think yeah. probably the abattoirs more lightly. Um, yeah, kind of, I remember when I worked in a, I've worked yeah, an off-license off and a couple of pubs, but the only thing I really, <laughs> I worked in a health food shop for a little bit. And um, there's just one from, one guy came in and I had to sort of almost applaud just the <laughs> nerve of it. Cause it was like this health food shop and it sold these really overpriced drinks. Yeah. And it was on the uh, Woolworth Road. And this guy walks in and just like glares at me. Just stares <laughs> and just glares at me. It's quite quite a threatening looking guy, just glares at me. And then he walks down the length of the shop um, to the back fridge, takes out the most expensive drink. Yeah. And on the walk back to the door and out the door, he just stares me directly near the whole time till I'm like, kind of look down awkward. And he just walks out. It's like, Amazing. that is pretty bold. That's kind of like, yeah, I'm just going <clears> to, <throat> I'm going to, I don't think he was even trying to hypnotize me. <laughs> it was just like bravura intimidation. Yeah. And I just, I sort of thought, I should, you deserve more than this energy drink for that. <laughs> but that was the same place where, like the first time I got horribly drunk the night before, where, you know when you ignore a signal from your body? So <laughs> I'm serving a customer yeah. the next day, and, uh, and you, you get the signal from your body kind of going, you're going to be sick, dude. <laughs> and like, and your brain, I can't help but think of it like the numbskulls cartoon, yeah, you know, yeah. dandy or whatever. It's kind of going, the executive bit of your brain goes, like, don't be silly, we're at work. It's like, <laughs> and then I'm sick over the counter oh, on this customer. God. Um, and the rest of the body's like, I, I told you you were going to be <laughs> sick, man. And I ran down the length of the shop, just being sick, going, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> and I came back out and she'd gone. And I figure that's fair enough. You know, yeah. kind of like, if you've been to a shop, they're ringing it up and the dude was sick on you. <laughs> the shopping is free. You, yeah. you keep it. Because like, was it they say if you get bad service, you get good service, you tell four people. If you get bad mm. service, you tell 20 people. Like, <laughs> you've now a thousand people that. It's probably like going through the phone book going, yeah, I wouldn't go to 
that shop. I'm not going to name them. The staff aren't very healthy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the thing. No one in there was healthy looking. Like the customers weren't healthy. The staff weren't Fashion healthy. faced. <laughs> Actually pukey. Yeah. How do we get onto the service industry? Freshers emceeing. Sorry, I'm really am tangentializing all, all over the shop. We're talking about Edinburgh. Yes. Um, the Cow Tower. The Cow Tower. That's how we got to um, it. Yeah, so it's about local papers. Uh, uh, yeah, it's about local papers. It's gone. It's gone pretty well. Yeah. So What's it called? Uh, it's called Read All About It because I wanted it to be clear. It's about local papers. I was going to call it Tree Stuck Up Cat as a sort of <laughs> playful inversion of a classic local paper headline. But someone pointed out people might think it's about specialist sexual violence towards pets. <laughs> and imagine if that became your crowd. Like mm. those. Those are your fans. Sounds like a niche crowd. A really niche crowd. It's the same guy every night. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing. It's like I'm given some hope for this whole endeavour. Yeah. About <laughs> some John or other. Maybe John Hegley said like you only need three thousand fans, and for them to each give you a tenner a year, and then you've got like sort of a living. Nice. Um, and I was thinking like three thousand fans. It's got to be possible to find a niche for like for three thousand. Because I think like even say you were really into rare dog grooming right you're <laughs> right. really into it um such that you know you, it was your passion and you know and each year you came up with loads of jokes and stories and stuff about the rare dog grooming thing yeah but like, i bet there's a three thousand people in britain who would go and who are fellow obsessives about yeah. that who go and see it um and then you've got this whole kind of sideline about Kind of two nights in the centre of the country, <laughs> Birmingham, people travel for it to go and see your latest dog grooming show um, or like comedy show about that. And that's, uh, you know, that'd be nice. Job done. Yeah, but it's like, but I'm thinking, well, what are my fucking passions? Because that, that's you going to an established interest yeah. and doing comedy about it rather than kind of going, I'm doing comedy. Hey, come and come and see it and me. It's kind of going, no, I'm going to do comedy about a thing that already has fans. Yeah. And the obvious thing is football, but I don't give a shit about football. I've never known anything about football. Like I know loads of it, like Tom Holmes and Alex Perry and loads of people do like football podcasts and they, yep. they do really well on it because people like football yep. and they're passionate about it. But I think like, what could I do? It's like Doctor Who or like Doctor <laughs> Who or like Game of Thrones, like kind of... I thought, I mean, you could do some kind of nerdy podcast, but I'm not that nerdy. I'm like a bit nerdy. Maybe you could do, you could call it like Vanilla Nerd or something. <laughs> nerd like that. Yeah, I'm not going to talk about all the shit Star Trek spin-offs, but I will talk about Doctor, I don't know. And you get fellow, slightly nerdy people, but I think maybe you have to go specialist. Um, what would you do if you're going to do a, a specialist podcast for like a thing where it but already had We're in run right now. I know, but... <laughs> You should, for this podcast, you should play the sound of a long drive back from Lincolnshire in a car. <laughs> um, I don't know why someone hasn't done that podcast. It's just the drive back. I guess the acoustics would be difficult. No, I've heard um, podcasts that have been recorded in cars. Really? Oh, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Oh, like the Comedians in Cars. I think Alfie Brown's is called Comedians on Buses Drinking Tap Water. You've got um, Carpool. Carpool. Oh, right. Who does that? Comedians in Cars Getting Coffee. There's loads of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, what we need is an all-new form of transport. Like, I, how about mimes in hovercrafts um, taking heroin? I don't know. <laughs> Something. We just change up the format a little bit. Yeah, I just think that's that's sort of how. Because one of, one of the one of my plans with a journalism show mm. is there's something like between eighty and a hundred uh, journalism colleges or journalism oh, courses at universities. Big one. Sorry? Harlow's got a fairly big Yeah, yeah, no, like my ex trained at that one, I remember. Um, yeah, about 80 to 100 of them. And I figure, so I've got, I've already got a booking yeah. at one uh, post-Edinburgh. Nice. So I figure if I do all of those, then, you know, for them, it's a comedy show about what their degree is about. So yeah. a student should be interested in it. Like, it wouldn't be very expensive they, I can go on in their lecture theatre. They can, you know, use their projector and all that kind of yep. thing. It'll be in the day, kind of. It won't be like at night. Um, it'll be earlier in the day, and then when you've gone to like wherever the college is, you can try and plan ahead and try and get a gig in the town that evening. There you go. And then, like, if there's eighty or a hundred of them, then that'd be kind of. I don't know. That 
I don't know how much you'd charge for it, but like it could be an okay some some nice money a little also, revenue stream yeah and I could do sex work while I was up there as well you know kind of spe- whatever you'd you earn significantly less what? than you'd hope <laughs> <laughs> how about I throw in um, yeah. a review <laughs> I'll review me how about that because I was thinking like I don't know it's about local papers my hope was if you go to places like most places have a local paper hopefully they'd be interested in writing about it because it's about what they do yeah like the, t- the times i've done it so far we've had local paper reporters yeah. come along um so hopefully you can get a decent write-up and then maybe you can yeah maybe you can get a little crowd in there for it like you could even really suck up to the journalists and go because uh, all journalists basically they've all got pretty good stories from the yeah. patch that they can't report a lot of the time or yeah. can't report the full story so you could even have like a kind of eight minute section where they can get up and just like local paper journalist tells you the best story they couldn't print, <laughs> yeah. you know, and then they would come along and they'd bring their mates and hopefully, uh, and it'd be funny. That sounds good. Hopefully. Yeah. So if that, if that takes off and I can think of one more niche thing to do, um, then I won't have to ever have to again. do my other money making idea, which is, so on the local papers, I've covered loads of, uh, local magistrates court. Yeah, I did that for a work experience. Oh, really? Yeah. What kind of stuff do you see? <laughs> this I almost burst out laughing in the courtroom. This guy, he... Um, I, I don't know what he did, but he had to go and appear at the police station. So in order to get to the police station, he stole a car <laughs> and drove to the police station. And while they're reading this out, I'm just in the back just going... <laughs> such an idiot so he's in court for this other thing and the other thing it's insane you get some that's what that's one of the reasons I stayed with local papers for so long is just like really geniusly strange things happen like I do have enough material for a couple of sitcoms just in all the notebooks like this the show I'm doing is only going to have about a fifth of it yeah it? but like um there's someone like they were doing their driving test. They, they were basically done for drink driving during their driving test. Oh, God, right. So like swigging from a sip flask whilst doing their driving test. Yeah. Like, well, I've failed you because... <laughs> um, yeah, and all kinds of weird stuff like that. But my, my other money-making idea, if, if comedy just doesn't mm. work out, is... So there's loads of magistrates' courts, right? And loads... Of, most of the time it's just boring driving offences and that kind of thing. But sometimes it's nastier stuff or like... Someone who's burnt down all. I have one guy who'd burnt down all of his neighbours' sheds on his wow. street because he um he was jealous of their sheds. <laughs> <laughs> and um and I thought so like all that's in public, right? And you're allowed to report it. Like any member of the public's allowed to go. Yeah. yeah. I thought what I'd do because we're now in the era of social networking and people's um, online reputation is very important to them. What I do is an online blackmail service ah. where I go to the court, I get all these details, and I put them online to a really well linked to website. So as if you, so if anyone Google's them, it's going to go, oh, I see you spat at a paramedic <laughs> after you crashed your van into a tree, um, and like people, people will pay me to be taken down off the website. Now, someone reckon I told that idea to someone who went, I think that's illegal. It's Quite like, possibly. I, I don't think it is, because I think you're allowed to report. Oh, but don't forget they can use the Google uh, forget me thing. Oh, fuck. Yeah. So then maybe Google will pay me off, because... Now Google's make been lo- told to get rid of... Yeah, searches. so like it'll make loads of work for Google. Um, and then they'll be like, mate, why don't we just buy this website <laughs> off you and then make it defunct? I imagine that's how Google talk. It's like, <laughs> mate... I did this gig, um, the guy from uh, Piccadilly Comedy Club, Mike Manera, yeah. he's just the best man in the world. He runs this night in Hamburg as well. I went over there to do a, a spot with Tom Tuck. And on the plane back with Tom, um, this German lady went, oh, I recognise you from the comedy show last yeah. night. Um, uh, more Tom than me. Uh and he went, yeah, 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 I might, yeah, I might be the voice of Google. Like he was, he was auditioning to be the voice of Google. Um, I don't know if he got it or something, but like the voice of Google—that's a big responsibility. <laughs> I mean, oh, that I could be Google. you sounding pretty sinister. So I just want to do my audition for the voice of Google. <laughs> Hello, I'm good. No, um, I like the other things. Yeah, I want to do, I want to do voiceover work because quite often people go, "Oh, you've got a nice voice." Ah, shame about the face. Shame about the yeah. I mean, so. <laughs> 
There's a negative way to take anything. Like quite often, I'll come off stage and people go, "You got a lovely voice." It was like, <laughs> "Yeah, what about the comedy? Any, any? You, did you like the comedy at all?" I mean, I don't know. How much shoes? <laughs> yeah, I don't know what it's like to be an objectified <laughs> lady, but I sort of feel like if I'd come off stage, someone went like. Oh, you've got lovely hair. Like, how about fuck I'd love it you. if someone said that to me. Fuck you with my lovely sonorous voice, <laughs> yeah. you bastard. Um, yeah, no, I don't, I'm not particularly proud of the hair. The hair used to be good, now it's, it's gone. Yeah. We need to wrap up. Oh my God, yeah, it's six o'clock. Anything you want to promote? Apart from um, the show? I've done the show. Um, lozenges, kind of like, useful. Good for your throat. Uh, no, no, I think really? that's all I have to plug. You'll kick yourself later. I probably will. Um, I want to. I want to plug the virtue of tolerance. <laughs> um, no, no, I think I think that's it. Uh, oh, it's, like, this is like the worst award speech <laughs> ever. Um, no, I think that's it. It's been can I say it's been a real honour for me, and and this has only just started to chafe. Uh, on my legs and thanks very much for, for letting me go um, James does this in a kind of wet room um, there's a load of drunks in here and they're drying out we're actually and in the sauna <laughs> that was my idea for a kind of vodcast was a, like one from my steam room in the gym it's just grey in my building yeah well it kind of you know and it would just be people kind of sighing like, oh Put it away. They're going to get in the it. pool now. Oh no, we all wear we all wear trunks. Oh, kids. I feel like people would be super relaxed. <laughs> no one would be wearing a wire. You know that kind of thing. That's it from me. And that's it from him. <laughs> hey. And me. That's a catch. All right. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>